Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Title of the message is Going Against the Current. Going Against the Current. It's uh, part of this series entitled The Best Life. Looking at the life of Jesus through the lens of Luke. We're drawing or trying to draw components and principles from Jesus' life that we can in turn apply to our lives in hopes of making our lives the very best lives they can be. And today's message comes from the last half of Luke chapter 5. It's entitled, Going Against the Current. We'll begin reading with verse 17 of Luke chapter 5. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, 
wants the new. For they say, the old is better. In 2008, the progressive satirist Jim Hightower, who lives in Texas, wrote a book entitled, Swim Against the Current. But I like the subtitle. Swim Against the the Current, because even a dead fish can go with the flow. In that book, Jim Hightower urges people to go against the grain of prevailing trends. And he even lists some practices that he recommends for those who are willing to go against the current. Here are a few of them. He says, first of all, he said, question authority and question their answers to your questions. Trust your values. Stand up for your beliefs. Take risks. Invite change. Seek alternatives. Break away. Make a difference. Now, some of those you might want to take with a grain of salt, but the underlying principle behind those simple suggestions from Jim Hightower uh, reveal a, a, a principle that is this, go against the current at least sometimes. What does it mean to go against the current? Jesus, in Luke chapter 5, and there are some other places where this is also true, Jesus was one who often went against the current. He cut against the grain. He seemed to be one who, who was often uh, swimming upstream against the current. You know that going against the current means to do something that is different from or opposite to what is usually done. Now, sometimes there's a different meaning than that. Sometimes uh, you might see somebody doing something that is not natural for them to do or is uncharacteristic of them to do. For instance, somebody might, might look at me and say, well, I see Jimmy Orr is apologizing for something. That certainly cuts against his grain for him to apologize for anything. In that case, cutting against the grain or running against the current means to do what is unnatural or uncharacteristic for you to do. That kind of going against the grain is not what we're talking about with Jesus. What we are talking about is when he went against the current, against the grain, up against the stream, what he was really doing was doing something different from what was usually done. And in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 39, we find him constantly going against the current. So I want to say a few things about going against the current, or better yet, going either for or against the current. The first thing that I want you to note is this, that going against the current can be, at times, beneficial. The very fact that when we look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is constantly fighting the prevailing currents of his day, whether it's religious trends or cultural trends or political trends, Jesus was constantly bucking the trends. He was constantly going against the current. And folks, let's face it, if that was good enough for Jesus, then it had to be beneficial and would be beneficial for us if we tried it every now and then. After all, what's good for Jesus is good for us. Going against the current can sometimes be beneficial. I uh, read in a magazine recently that was a nature magazine that, that trout, trout swim upstream against the current. Now, you knew that. I certainly knew that. But I didn't always know 
why they swam against the current. There are three different things that happen as a trout uh, swims against upstream against the current. One is by swimming against the current, the trout becomes stronger. It's one of the strongest fish by a per capita. That is according to its own size, one of the strongest fish in any of any body of water for its size. But second, if it swims upstream, its gills open up and the water just flows right off the gills. Whereas if they were swimming downstream and the stream was overwhelming them, the water would rush into the gills and they would not be able to survive. But the biggest reason why uh, trout swim upstream is because if they can just swim upstream, even if they are staying in the same place, working against the stream, all these little creatures that they love to eat... Just the stream just brings those creatures right to the trout. And the trout will just open up his mouth and those creatures, whether it's insects or worms or whatever trout eats, they just come right to the trout. It's kind of like Domino's Pizza for trout fish. The stream brings the food to the trout. Sometimes going against the current is beneficial. However... Not always. And so because sometimes it's beneficial and sometimes not, it is very important that you and I evaluate the currents that we face in life, that we evaluate those prevailing trends and thoughts and methodologies and opinions that we are faced with in life. And when we evaluate the trends that we face, what we find, first of all, is that there are some uh, times when the currents need to be followed. There's sometimes when going with the current is exactly what we need to do. Even Jesus followed some currents. The Bible tells us that uh, during the time that Jesus lived, you had synagogues. You had the temple in Jerusalem, but away from Jerusalem in towns that weren't close to the temple, uh, the Jews, the religious Jews worshiped in synagogues. You could start up a synagogue if you had 10 Jewish families. And so there were synagogues in almost every little town. The town where Jesus grew up, Nazareth, there was a synagogue. The town of Capernaum where Simon and Andrew, his brother, lived, had a synagogue. And every Sabbath day, and for the Jews, the Sabbath day started at 6 o'clock on Friday and lasted until 6 o'clock on Saturday, because they took Genesis 1 very seriously when it said the evening and the morning were the first day. You and I think about uh, sunup to sundown as a a full uh, uh, daytime day, not a 24-hour day, but a daylight day, but the Jews would consider the evening and the morning. And so the Sabbath day for them began at 6 o'clock on Friday, went to 6 o'clock on Saturday, and sometime during that 24-hour period, if you were a devout Jew, you'd go to the synagogue or the temple if you lived in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that in that culture where the prevailing trend among the religious Jews was to go to synagogue, Jesus followed that current. He followed that prevailing trend. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, Luke tells us this. says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. And he was teaching in their synagogues, and everybody praised him. Verse 16, and he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day... 
He went into the synagogue, and get this, as was his custom. That was a particular custom or trend or current that Jesus didn't want to resist. He wanted to go along with that particular current. I'll tell you another current that he went along with. Every year at the Passover, he celebrated Passover. We even find him celebrating the Passover the night before he was crucified. He celebrated the Passover with his disciples. So some trends are worthy of following. I realize that we Baptists uh, and, and a lot of people in churches like ours, we've he- heard these old cliches. Well, uh, we, don't, we don't want to do that because we've never done it that way before. That's a, that's a common thing you hear from, from many of us uh, Baptists. But sometimes you follow certain things that have been going on for a long time because there's a good reason why they have been followed for a long time. You don't just throw away a tradition just for the sake of throwing it away. You may throw away a gold nugget that you've had for several generations. Some trends and currents are worth following, but there are some some trends that are not worth following. And they're the ones that Jesus went against. He had a policy about currents. He would evaluate every current, every prevailing thought, based on three criteria, whether it glorified God, whether it truly helped people who are in need, and whether it truly enabled people to draw closer in a relationship with God. Those three criteria. If it flunked those three criteria, Jesus went against it. He went against the current, cut against the grain, swam up the stream. We find him doing that several times in this passage of Scripture. Uh, We see him uh, in the the opening verses, beginning with uh, verse 17, we, we find him in a house, and he's teaching, and he's healing. And so many people have come to hear him and see him that the house is full, and all around the house is crowded, standing room only. You can't get in the door. And there was a man who was paralyzed. We don't know how long he was paralyzed, presumably all of his life, but we really don't know. And he couldn't get to the Lord. But he had four friends, unnamed friends. And they put him on a stretcher, and one friend at each corner picked him up, and they carry him to this house. And they get to the house, and the crowd is so large at the door, they can't get in. Not only can they not get in, but the crowd won't move away from the door to let him in. Now, If I were one of those four guys, I would have said, you know, this is not going to work. We're not going to be able to do this. Uh, Jesus will probably be here tomorrow and the next day. Why don't we go home and let's plan on coming up here at a different time tomorrow when the crowd's not as big or maybe next Thursday when the crowd is not as big. And, And I'd have gone home with this guy. Maybe some of you would have too, but not these four guys. They said, hey, just because we can't get in the front door doesn't mean we're, we're giving up on getting this, this uh, fellow to Jesus. So what do they do? They climb up on the roof of the house. It's a flat roof. It has thatch and tar uh, tiles to it. And they break open a hole big enough to lower the stretcher down in it, break off the tiles off the roof, and then they lower this man down 
into the middle of the house where Jesus was. Now, Luke doesn't say anything about the reaction of the guy who owned this house. But I will tell you, if that had been me, I would be in one more kind of tizzy. I'd be going through my file drawer to see if my life, in, my homeowner's insurance covered uh, vandalism by people who need to be healed. And Jesus praised him. They refused to go with the current. They went against the current. They stepped outside their comfort zone, outside the box that they normally stayed in. And when they stepped out of it and got this man in front of Jesus, Jesus didn't look at the man. Did you notice the story? Jesus did not look down at the man and says, oh, man, your faith has made you whole. That's not what he said. In fact, he didn't even say anything to the, to the paralyzed man first. The first thing he did, he looked up to those four guys who had lowered him. And Luke says, seeing their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine this? This is kind of putting a load on you and me here, but it's one that we need to be bearing. Do you realize there are people waiting to receive Christ, but whether Christ is, is allowed into their hearts depends not so much on them, but on the Lord seeing your faith? These guys went against the grain, went against the current, and Jesus praised them. And then he heals the man. The mistake he made, he did it on the Sabbath day. And those religious leaders, Luke said in verse 17, they were sitting there. They were sitting there. And they were watching. And as soon as Jesus healed the man, did they praise him for a man being healed? Were they amazed that a man who'd been paralyzed most of his life all of a sudden was able to walk? No, they weren't amazed by anything except for this, this man who was healing on the Sabbath day. That's against the law. It was against the law. According to the law, he wasn't supposed to do it. But he went against the current. He leaves there. He comes up on a publican. A publican was a Jewish man who was collecting taxes from other Jewish citizens on behalf of the Roman government. They were hated. Zacchaeus was one of them. Matthew, one of the disciples who also is called Levi, he's one of them. And he's the one Luke mentions here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus comes up on a tax collector named Levi and he tells him to come follow him. And the Bible says that immediately Levi gets up, forsakes everything, follows him. And then Levi throws a party, invites Jesus to the party... They have lots of food, and he invites a lot of his friends, all of whom are recognized by the religious leaders as sinners. Well, he wasn't supposed to do that either. After all, ministers shouldn't hang out with sinners, right? We're not supposed to hang out with sinners. What would you do? What would you do? You walk into a Longhorn, I'm sitting there talking with somebody, and they're drinking a beer. You wouldn't like it, would you? Would you? Jesus goes to a party. And the scribes and Pharisees say, what's he doing hanging out with sinners? What's he doing? He went against the grain, didn't it? But he went against the grain. Huh. 
You see, Jesus had a policy toward currents. Sometimes you need to follow the currents, but then there are other times when you need to go against the currents. And he not only went against the currents, but he praised those who did go against the currents. Now, I want to share with you very quickly some of the currents Jesus went against in this passage of Scripture. First of all, he went against the current of antiquated religious legalism and tradition. Antiquated religious legalism and tradition. Do you know, I know you know, there are those who protect their made-up rules long past their relevance and their usefulness. Churches do it all the time. We follow certain practices because they worked in the 50s or the 60s, and it doesn't matter whether or not they work now. We keep them because they worked then, or it was somebody's pet project back then. They may not work at all now, but we keep them because that is what we're supposed to do. And so we go with that irrelevant current. We think of the Law of Moses as Ten Commandments. And those Ten Commandments are the nucleus to the law. But by the time you get to Jesus' culture, Jesus' world in the first century, the religious leaders had added over 600 different little nitpicky laws to those Ten Commandments. They they, uh, had set rules on the number of steps you could take on the Sabbath day. You could take so many, but if you took one more than what was allowed... That was defined as work and you were disobeying the law. You couldn't heal anybody on the Sabbath. You couldn't do a number of things on the Sabbath that would really be helpful to people. And it had become a burden. But the Gospels picture Jesus as one who time after time after time went against the current of religious legalism. Second, he went against the current of religious apathy. Verse 17, it's worth reading again. There's something there I want you to catch. Are you ready for this? Verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers, who were they? They were the religious folk. What were they doing? They were sitting there. They were sitting there. Did they rise up to help people who needed help? No, they were just sitting there. And when those four guys who had their paralyzed friend on a stretcher brought him to the brought him to the house, not only were the religious leaders just sitting there, but you had a whole bunch of people crowding the door, and what were they doing? They were just standing there. Did they move so that they could bring the stretcher in? No, they were busy standing there. So many people are just sitting there or they're just standing there and they're thinking, I'm not doing anybody any trouble. All I'm doing is sitting here or just standing there. I'm not doing anything, but I'm not hurting anybody. And what we don't realize is that when we are just sitting there or when we are just standing there, what we're really doing, whether we realize it or not, is obstructing somebody who needs to get to Jesus. Read the story. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus, but they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd who was just standing there. 
Jesus went against the current of religious legalism and tradition. He went against the current of religious apathy, and he went against the current of worldly culture. The Apostle Paul did the same thing. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, in this world, this world system in which you and I live, this secularistic world system, there is a current that constantly is bombarding us with messages, trying to get us to conform to the currents of this world. And Paul says you have to fight against being conformed to this world and instead be transformed by the renewing of your minds by allowing God into your life on a regular basis. I read of a pastor years ago who spent a week with his family in Destin, Florida. And one evening he was walking around inside a T-shirt shop. You know, we got to have a T-shirt if we go to Florida. One of those kinds that says made in Japan, but we just feel like we've gotten something from Florida, right? On the front of one of the T-shirts was printed a school of brilliantly colored tropical fish all swimming in the same direction. But in the middle of the school was a single fish swimming in the opposite direction. And the caption was Romans 12 2, do not be conformed to this world. You and I are called to swim against the current of sinful values, practices, and expectations that our culture tries to to enforce upon us. Jesus swam against the current of world culture. And he also swam against, he went against the current of hypercritical negativism. What were the religious Pharisees and teachers doing? What were they doing? They were sitting there, yeah, but what were they doing? They were finding fault with everything he did. Jesus healed a man who'd been paralyzed all of his life. Did they rejoice over that? No, they criticized him for it. Jesus goes to a tax collector who probably was very lonely and hated by everybody. He chooses him and he changes his life. Were the religious leaders happy about that? No, they criticized him for it. They were against that. Boy, not much has changed in our day, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to say this, but do you know, do you know what first comes to mind in the minds of most People out in the general populace, when they think about us Christians, they don't think about love. They don't think about morals. You know, they think we're against everything. You know why they think that? I'll tell you why. Because we're against everything. We're against everything. We're against some things we ought to keep our mouths shut about. Listen, it is true. I didn't say this first, but I applaud whoever said it. We need to start letting the world know what we're for instead of what we're against. And for one thing, we need to be for loving people, and we need to be for caring people, and we need to be for showing compassion to people, and we need to be, be for lifting people up who are down instead of stomping on them when they are down. It's high time we start being known for positive stuff instead of negativism. And then Jesus went against the current of personal selfishness. It's a tough verse in Luke chapter 9. I'm sure you've probably read it. 
Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him or her deny himself or herself and take up his or her cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow Christ. Brother, that's not selfishness. That's selflessness. And did you know, you did know, I know you know, that the most challenging current that you and I have to swim against is not the current of religious legalism, although it's there. It's not the current of religious apathy, although it's strong. It's not the current of worldly culture, although it is really strong. It's not even the current of hypercritical negativism. The strongest current you and I have to swim against is the selfishness current that dwells deep within every single one of us. And we have to fight it or either give in to it every single day we live. For Jesus, the decision to go with the current or against the current hinged on three criteria. Whether that current glorified God, whether that current truly helped people in need, and whether that current enabled people to grow closer to God. And if it didn't meet those criteria, Jesus swam against it. He didn't swim for it. Now, if they met that criteria, he was jumping in the current. And you and I, who face currents every day, must judge our currents by those same three criteria. Ladies and gentlemen, the best life is one that evaluates current trends and then makes a studied decision on what to do with them. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father, you gave us the extreme, supreme example of what to do with prevailing currents. You didn't tell us to throw them away all wholesale. People who do that are the most annoying people in the world. They're against everything. But you also didn't tell us to jump in every current. There are way too many of us who are willing to do that. You told us to evaluate them. You practiced evaluating currents. And there were some that you went along with. You flowed with them because they glorified God and they helped people in need and they enabled us to grow closer to you. So you jumped in them. But Lord, those so many currents that didn't meet those criteria, whether it was religious apathy or legalistic traditions or if it was a worldly culture or self-centeredness, Lord, you went against them with every fiber of your being. And you call us to do the same. So God, help us to look with discernment at the currents we face. And give us clarity on what we need to do with them. And give us the courage to follow your leadership. In Jesus' name, amen.